Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. They will be able to use it and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, they will be able to use this word and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Family, we are in my last installment for this God's Using It series. The next time we come together, the messages that you will be hearing will be launching us out into the Beyond Good series. I'm going to tell you that this message is transitional, meaning that when I come back to you, I'll still be in the same area, still be working with Moses and the burning bush and that kind of stuff, but we'll be pointing it more towards the intent of the new series. Warning, as my kids say, I'm on a bean today. I I just just something I want to say that God put in my heart. It's almost got me a little anxious and a little nervous because depending on the crowd, depending on the atmosphere and the setting, what we're going to talk about today and the way God gave to me to, to tell you can it can go there. I'm going to put the brakes on, though, but I am going to get close enough to where you know exactly what I'm saying. So I'm glad that the little ones aren't in here today. Before we get started, let's do our Bible confession. Ready? It'll display up there and we're going to all say this thing together. Your Bible, whichever form it takes, please hold it up. If it's one of them heavy grandma Bibles, though, we don't need you, we don't need you, we don't need you shaking. You know, just keep that one in your lap. It and all the dust that come with it. Here we go. Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus name. Amen. Family, we are. As you know, we're still dealing with Exodus chapter 3 and Moses in the burning bush. The last time we were together, we ended the series with a message summary of kind of what we were talking about that day. True to my word, true to my word. I'm always going to be true to my word. We're going to pick up right from that same spot. 
Here was the summary from last time. Notice, notice the monitor. The point of the whole message last time, no matter how you listened to it or how you heard it, we wanted to make sure that everybody knew this was the point. All of us have, have has either, we either gone through or are in situations and or circumstances that have shaped or will shape the persons we are or will become. In short, we are molded by our history. Say molded. molded. You're molded by your history. Depending on the assignment, God may view the person who emerges from that mold as being perfect for the task at hand. Hence, in that regard, and in God's eyes, your history qualifies you. This information is perfect because it keeps us progressing towards a particular goal. What is that goal? The goal is this, that I want you to, and more importantly, God wants you to, to stop. Everybody say stop. Stop cowering away from, hiding behind your, your past. God wants you to stop looking at your past and letting it drum up feelings that suppress you. He wants you to stop taking your past and allowing those feelings to dominate your present and cancel out your future. That's what we're, that's what we're looking, that's what we're aiming for here. Last time we were together, what we did is we started from the burning bush and we looked forward into the New Testament. And using that view into the New Testament, what we did was we were able to kind of glean some wisdom about our histories. We do the opposite this session. We're going to start at the burning bush, but guess what? We're going to look backwards into the New Testament, into the Old Testament. We're going to look before the burning bush at Moses and his life. As a matter of fact, we're going to look before Moses was even born. Check this out. Exodus chapter 1, verses 5 through 8 in the Voice Bible. Read this way. It reads, At that time, Jacob had 70 children. He needed something else to do. He had 70 children and grandchildren. All of them came to Egypt except Joseph. He was already there. Joseph died, and so did all of his brothers. It was not long before that the entire generation was gone, but the people of Israel were prolific. Look at that. They had children easily, and their numbers increased rapidly. As their numbers grew, so did their strength. Eventually, they filled the land. One day, everybody say one day. Mm. One day, a new king came to power and ruled over Egypt, but that king had no knowledge of Joseph. You know, when we think about our past, I want you to realize that your past, when God sees your past, he sees you with a capability to do many things. He sees in his eyes that your past your past can qualify you for so many things. That's the way God sees it, and that's the way we all should see it. Why did I have you say one day? Because the Bible tells us here that the children of Israel were doing pretty good in Egypt. However, 
all of that stuff was about to turn from good to bad. And it was all happening outside of their preview, their purview, I should say. Life was getting ready to catch them by surprise, if you will. And the event that initiated it all happened in one day. Let me ask you, has your life ever changed drastically in one day? One day. What about relationally? You at the house, like usual, thinking that you're going to have dinner with your spouse as usual, and they walk in the door and they tell you goodbye. One day. One day, you're getting ready to have lunch with your best friend from 20 years ago. Y'all always been down. You thought everything was fine. But right after the appetizer, what did they tell you? We're done. It all happened in one day. What about personal things? Think about it, that car accident, that house fire, one day. That lost job, that stock market crash, one day. Life changed, one day. What about natural, natural, natural disasters, hurricanes? Tornado, earthquake, hey, pandemic. Life changed in one day. Loved ones, your life can take a dramatic shift, an unannounced, undesired, negative shift, and it could all happen in one day. But let's keep reading. Starting at verse 9. Pharaoh's talking to some of his advisors. He says, look, there are more Israelites than ever before, and they are growing more powerful than we are. We need to be careful in our dealings with them. Otherwise, they may grow even greater in number and in a time of war, join forces with our enemies, fight against us and leave and then leave the land. So the Egyptian authorities enslaved the Israelites and appointed cruel slave drivers over them to oppress them with hard, back-breaking labor. They forced them to build the storage, the storage cities of Pithom and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the harder the slave drivers pushed the Israelites, the more rapidly they had children and spread throughout the land. Family, the Bible says that the harder they pushed the Israelites, the more rapidly they spread throughout the land. Let me tell you something. The harder life pushes you, the more rapidly and the further your influence should spread throughout the land. The harder life pushes you, the deeper your faith should go. The harder life pushes you, the more bent you should feel on making sure somebody else who's going through the same things that you make sure they get delivered. People have a comment or a phrase. They say, when life gives you lemons, what do they say? Make lemonade. Make lemonade. To, to me, that's, that's too timid. I tell you this. When life gives you lemons, you start a multi-million dollar lemon empire. And then you use your power and influence to spread the gospel and tear Satan's kingdom down. That's what you do when life gives you lemons. The Bible says here that the Israelites were pushed hard 
But the harder they were pushed, the more rapidly they spread throughout the land. Now here we go. Go to the next one, please. Picking back up at verse 12, but the harder the slave drivers pushed the Israelites, the more rapidly they had children and spread throughout the land. Because of this, the Egyptians grew to detest the Israelites even more and violently forced them to work until they were sore and tired beyond exhaustion. The Egyptians made life bitter for all those Israelites forced to mix mortar, make, forced to mix mortar, make bricks, and do all types of grueling work in the fields. They tormented the Israelite slaves until all the work was done. Pharaoh is, is, is pushing these people, pushing them hard. And as a matter of fact, he's pushing them. And then as he's pushing them, guess what, though? Them being uncomfortable is still not comfortable enough for him. You ever experienced that? Somebody already giving you a hard time about something. But the fact that they're giving you a hard time, they seem not to be happy with that. They want to give you some extra hard time. They want to break you. They want to destroy you. They want to knock you down. He's already pushing these people to exhaustion. But you know what? Them being uncomfortable is not uncomfortable enough for him. So he goes to the Hebrew midwives and he says, listen, if these women give birth to a baby boy, kill it. Girls are cool. But these male rascals, they need to go. Now, of course, the Hebrew midwives didn't do that. And because they didn't do that, Pharaoh finally calls his people. He says, fine. Next verse. Exodus 1, 22. It reads this way. Pharaoh talking to his folk. In response to the rapid growth in Hebrew population, Pharaoh issued a command to his people. Pharaoh said, every boy who is born to the Hebrews must be thrown into the Nile and every girl is to be left alive. We roll over into chapter two. Chapter two, the voice, verses one through two. One day a man and woman, both from the tribe of Levi, married. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that her son was healthy and beautiful, she feared for his safety, so she kept him hidden from view for three whole months. This woman has given birth to the person, the boy, the child that we will come, the whole world will come to know as Moses. And guess what? Moses is freshly on the scene. He's newly born and he got problems. Already got problems. Pharaoh wants this boy killed, bumped off, eliminated, snuffed out. Moses has done nothing wrong to Pharaoh. How could he? He's a baby. He doesn't even know that Pharaoh exists. But Pharaoh doesn't care. Pharaoh wants him eliminated. 
He doesn't know that Pharaoh exists, yet Pharaoh has evil intentions towards him. Sometimes we as people, I'm not even going to say believers, but we as people can look at what we're going through and we can start to think that the world is jumping on us and us alone. That can be that can be how we're thinking. Somehow we're thinking that the world is singling us out. But you know what? The world's not singling you out. You're not the only person. I'm not the only person in the world that's going through ups and downs and ins and out and hard times. It could feel like that sometimes, but that's not the case. Here's another point for you. We might want to say, woe is me in our heart. But the reality is, woe is a lot of people. Before you entered the world family, there were people on this earth going through stuff. Problems didn't just show up when you bust on the scene. Problems have been in existence since before you were born. And say this with me. Say hardships and problems existed before I got here. Loved ones, the truth of the matter is before you took your first breath, life had challenges waiting for you. Your existence, hear me clearly, your existence is not the thing that initiated problems in life. What your birth did was give the devil and the world a new target. Look at this image. Because Moses is newly born and innocent in the world, and he's under attack, and Pharaoh doesn't care. Check this out. Pharaoh could care less about Moses. He don't care about his character. He don't care about his potential. He doesn't care about his personality. He doesn't care how smart he is. He don't care how wise he's going to be. He doesn't care if he's humble or hardworking. He doesn't care if he's brave. He doesn't care if he's responsible. He does not care. He is attacking Moses and he is attacking Moses early. What about you? Has life ever attached, attacked you early? I bet it has. It's attacked me early. As a matter of fact, I bet some of the scars and the pains that you're dealing with right now in life came because life attacked you early. What do I mean by early? As a child, as a kid, were you hurt, abused? Molested, assaulted. Life attacked you early. And when life, life attacks you, guess what? It didn't care about your personality. It didn't care about your character. It didn't care about your potential. It didn't care about how smart you were. It didn't care about how wise you were. Were you humble? It didn't care. Were you hardworking? Not part of my plan. Brave, responsible, don't care. 
it got you early. Did you grow up in a bad neighborhood? Have to see things that little people shouldn't have to see. Have to walk through activities that little people shouldn't have to walk through. Life got you early. Life got you early. Mm. What about this? You're newly married. And month one, this joker start tripping. How you trip on month one? We're supposed to still be in the honeymoon stage. But life come at you early. A new believer, excited about God. You just said yes to Jesus. Ready to jump into the church. And some believer, some leader of the church, some person who's supposed to be a staple of the church, a pillar of the church, take it upon themselves to introduce you to that feeling many of us know as church hurt. Culture early. Turning your heart away from the religion that's supposed to love you, that you intended on being a part of for the rest of your life. When that person opened their mouth and said what they said and did what they did, guess what? They didn't care about your potential. Your character, how wise you were. Hey, they didn't care about your gift. What about the first day on the job? You there. You got all your first day new job stuff. You know, you even get new clothes for the first day on the job. You may let your hair and nails be a little raggedy by the time you've been there for three months. But the first day, oh, you, you, you cover girl nice. First day, you on time. You beat everybody there. If it's, if it's a smaller organization, you might be there before they open the door. But it's first day. It's early in your career there. And you quickly learn that your boss or supervisor reports to Satan directly. Hit a nerve with somebody. But you feel me, life catch you early. Don't care about your character, don't care about your potential, don't care about your personality. Life has been doing that since before you got on the scene, before I got on the scene, and guess what, it's gonna keep doing it. Without care or concern. Life is not singling you out. It's not. Life is just being life. Life is ever ready to pounce on us. And it being every, ever ready to pounce on us, you need to realize that it has a mode of operation that it prefers, and that's the sneak attack. When was the last time you got hired for a job and the hiring person says, I'm going to tell you, I'm a, I'm a donkey behind. I, I'm going to treat you bad. I'm going to try to get you fired three weeks after you've been here. I'm not going to pay you well. 
I'm going to work you more overtime than I said. I'm not going to give you the resources that you need to be successful. Welcome to the company. Life prefers a sneak attack. The devil prefers a sneak attack. Issues, troubles, hardships prefer a sneak attack. Moses is fresh out the gate and he's being attacked. But I'm going to say it to you like this. Moses is fresh out the gate and already life is giving him shiitake. Hmm. It's a mushroom, you know. That's our word of the day. I want you to look at that word. I want you to study and investigate closely how it's spelled. I want you to marinate on it for a couple seconds. Because am I using a play on words today? You bet I am. But keep in mind, for those who are censoring, it's a mushroom, you know. From this point forward, though, during our time together, I want you to listen to me closely. Because when I say mushroom, I might be talking about a mushroom, or I might be talking about, well, shiitake. And when I say shiitake, I could be talking about a mushroom. Or I could also be talking about mushroom moments. Everybody say mushroom moments. moments. Which are moments where you were in dealing with or having to put up with or go through shiitake. Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. On the count of three, we're going to say the word of the day. Because we want to make sure that it can roll off your tongue right. Because we don't want no mis- mis- misspokenness. On three, we're going to say it. One, two, three. Shiitake. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Now, life brings us all shiitake. And it can deliver that to us anywhere. At home, we can have shiitake. At the job, on vacation, at the family reunion, in the mall, in the line waiting to get your favorite number two. You can have a mushroom moment. At church, you betcha. If we were honest with each other, church folks, they deal out some of the biggest piles of shiitake. You know what? There's something interesting about shiitake, though. I'm talking now about the mushroom. Research shows that it has beneficial properties. 
from source after source. I'm talking about from fitness and wellness websites to major universities, from food experts, all the way to practicing physicians. When they rank mushrooms by health benefits, shiitake is either top of the list or near the top all the time. What are some of the health benefits? Watch this image. Why is, why is, this, why is this thing so, so good for you? Well, they say it's a good source of amino, amino acids and antioxidants, which they say makes it good for substituting for meat because it has all the same amino acids. It also can help decrease the risk of cancer, some studies show. That's a pretty good benefit. It promotes lower cholesterol, reduces blood pressure, protects brain health, so hey, reduce memory loss, support health immune, healthy immune system, especially its quantity of vitamin B, which helps with red blood cells and proteins and DNA and stuff like that. Loved ones, could it be possible that shiitake makes you stronger in life? <laughs> you already see where I'm going. Could it be possible that shiitake makes you wiser? Could it be possible that shiitake makes you more resilient? Could it be possible that shiitake makes you better? I grew up in the country, as you know, and I did myself share of agricultural stuff, especially growing plants. I'm talking about with my family and with an agricultural organization. So with the professional organization, I did some stuff too. Even to this day, as a, as a man, this is me, not my wife. She could care less about being outside, doing, doing yard work. But there is something about getting my hands in the earth, seeing something grow. It just, it just relaxes me. Now, Greta leaves that all to me. But for me, I love it. But back to me and my youth, I remember observing these experts, you know, raise whatever kind of plant we were raising at the time. Periodically, though, what you would come across is you would come across a plant who was struggling to perform, not developing as planned. So they do a little research on it, and more often than not, what you found is that there was a nutrient, nutrition deficiency, nutrient deficiency. A common way to solve that is, of course, part of it, at least, is fertilizer. And a common fertilizer is, guess what? A manure-based one. Especially if the deficiency is nitrogen deficiency. Soon after, once you apply the treatment, that plant begins to make a turnaround. Its branches get stronger. Its leaves get greener. Its roots go deeper, deeper. Unknown to that plant, in order for it to be and develop 
into whatever the creator designed it to be, it needed to spend time in shiitake. Loved ones, is it possible that shiitake makes you better? Notice this. Unknown to you, the shiitake you've been in has made you better than you realize. When we say shiitake, what do we mean? I'm talking about those fights you've been in. Those battles you've been in. The pain you've been in. Those weighty situations you've been in. The taxing circumstances you've been in. All of that has resulted in you having a level of strength and resilience that you never would have had had you not been in shiitake. I'm going to say something that's going to sound very bizarre. I want you to stick with me, though, because I'm going to clear it up for you. I want you to say this with me. Ready? Say this. Being in shiitake can eliminate my in prefix. Now, what do I mean by that? We're being very direct today keeping us on pace. What do I mean by shiitake can eliminate your in prefix? Let me show you. Notice this image. Before you went through your mushroom moment, you could believe that you are incompetent in an area. But after you've been through, after you've had to deal with it, after you've had to adjust your life because of it, that shiitake sheds or shreds that prefix. And you go into your situation incompetent, but you emerge competent. It helps get rid of that I-N prefix. What are some of them? Let's list some. Next image. You can go in incompetent and come out competent. You can go in incomplete and come through complete. You can go in incapable and come out capable. You can go in inexperienced and come out experienced. You can go in insecure and come through secure. What do I mean? Let's pick just a few. Just a few. Just pick incapable. I have heard, even have said it myself, I have heard parent after parent after parent talk about how incapable they are of dealing with all these kids. But hold up, mama. Hold up, daddy. 
You keep saying it, but year after year, you're still here. Year after year, your kids are still progressing just fine. Year after year, they're still growing. They're still healthy. They're still good and good, good, good grades. Guess what? What you consider a mushroom moment, shiitake, that thing is showing you you are more capable than you think you are. You see yourself as incapable, but guess what? The pressure that life has you on, if you look at it properly, is telling you you are more capable than you know. What about insecure? When you married him or her, you were insecure. They were your rock. They were the person that you leaned on. They said goodbye. It didn't work out. You broke out. You broke up. But guess what? Now you're alone and you're feeling insecure. Don't know if you can make it on your own. But with God, you pick yourself up. You get your degree. You start that business. Suddenly you realize that thing that life had you in that many people thought would destroy you, that mushroom moment, when you look back on what you came through and what you're, what you're riding in now, how you're living now, how you're progressing now, guess what? You come to realize, doggone it, I'm secure. I don't, I, I, I look back on it and I was very insecure then. But you know, having come through, that you are secure now inexperienced I can't do what God wants me to do because I'm not, I don't have the experience I can't I can't be that because I don't have the experience most of us have enough life experience to teach 20 people Most of us have been through things and learned things about life, about business, about finances, about raising children, about your health, about how to communicate, about how to present, about how to garden, how to do, take care of homes, build houses, fix cars. You have more in your experience repertoire than you know. Stop calling yourself inexperienced. You have been qualified by the shiitake you've been through. Every piece of experience does not come through a classroom. Every piece of education does not come through a classroom. I grew up with grandparents, some of which didn't even finish the third grade. And what they were able to squeeze out of life amazes me. Uncles and aunties that started businesses. In an environment that was more racially charged, believe it or not, at least outwardly, than what we live in now. They knew something that we didn't know. That if you take what God has given you and you take what you've learned and you apply it, 
God can make great things happen through you and through your hands. But it can eliminate your in prefix. It can eliminate all of your negative prefixes. For instance, notice this. It can eliminate your un prefix. Say un. un. Show me the next image, please. Your mushroom moment can take you from being unfit to fit. From unskilled to skilled. From, from unable to able. From unprepared to prepared. From unsure to sure. And all of this transition results from your mushroom moments. From those moments where you didn't know how you're going to get through that person treating you like they did on the job. Coming at you hard to take you out. And guess what? You've done nothing to them. You didn't know how you're going to get through your friend treating you like they did, but you did. Lost every penny that you had. But here you are standing. Money in the bank. How'd that happen? That moment taught you something. It made something. It made you better. For anybody that knows me, I don't have to say this, but I do want to say it for people who might not know me. I never belittle, demean, or make fun of what a person has gone through. Your scars are real. What you went through, real. Nothing I'm saying should imply or hopefully does not imply that what I'm saying is what you've gone through, all of it was good or made you feel good. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what you've been through. If you look at it with the right perspective. Can make your current day. And your future better. Here's what I want you to know. I want us to say this together. Look at this image because here's what I'm trying to get at. Go to my next image for me. There's another one. It should say at the top. It should simply say, have one word. It should just say dominate. Do you have that image? Let's try to find it because I want them to see it. It's in there. But I want you to say this with me. Say dominate. dominate. And now I want you to repeat these words with me. Because here's what I want out of every person. Here's what I want every person to do. Say this, say, get with God, get with God. And, let him and let him take you from, take you from being, dominated by your past being dominated by your past to using your past to dominate. To I want you to get with God and 
Let him work through you a means, figure it out, a way to take that thing that is supposed to be dominating you and flip it and learn how to dominate. Pastor, give me an example. You've been hurt, but you've come through. God, show me how to take this that I've been through and deliver somebody else. I'm going to use this to tear Satan's kingdom down. Show me how to take it and use it to dominate and no longer let it dominate me. No longer be that thing that I hide on the inside and I hide behind. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not anymore. Yes, it's a past. Yes, it hurt. Yes, but guess what? I'm going to make sure nobody else hurts by it. I'm going to make sure nobody else gets hurt by it. What I'm getting ready to do is put something in your hand. Each one of you are going to get a card. It's a small card. Looks like this. It has those two prefixes on it. The top one is I-N. The bottom one is U-N. So your N prefix, incapable, inadequate, inexperienced. Your un prefix, unfit, unskilled, unable. I want you to separate yourself from that prefix today. To my right, we're going to set up a shredder. And I want you to drop your card in that shredder. I want that physical activity to represent what you are committing to do mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That label should no longer be attached to who you are. No longer call yourself incapable. No longer call yourself inexperienced or any other negative connotation that comes with that prefix. No longer are you un-anything. No longer. Let it go. Stop hiding behind what you went through. As we do this, I want to say something that I've already said a little bit, but I'm going to say it more directly. You being better is not just for you. You being better is so that you can in turn help somebody else be better. Two scriptures I'm going to show you real quick. 
They're both Luke. 22, verse 31 through 32, in the voice and in the message. Jesus is talking to Peter. He says, 31, Simon, in the voice, Simon, Simon, how Satan has pursued you that he might make you part of his harvest. But I've prayed for you. I have prayed that your faith will hold firm and that you will recover from your failure and, ooh, look at that, become a source of strength for your brothers here in the message. Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me like chafe from wheat. Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through your time of testing, when you've come through the shiitake, when you've come through your mushroom moment, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Loved ones, I want you I have one more thing to say to you. And then we're going to shred these things. Here's what I want to tell you. Go to my final, my final image, please. We gave you a little preview, a little spoiler up front a part of what we want you to know. The whole thing where we said when life pushes hard on you, you push back. But the more life pushes on you, the farther your influence should spread throughout the land. What's the associated statement with that? That last sentence, read that with me. Ready, read. Life pushing hard on you should result in you pushing back on life with a harder force. Amen. When life, the devil, people, hardships push on you, laying down in surrender is not the answer. And what amazes me is a lot of us wouldn't even do that, like, personally. The natural response, for at least most of us, if somebody swinging at you, is for you to swing back. Once, once you're cornered, I guess it's been to go down then. But when it comes to life, what we seem to do is, what was me? Get in a ball, have a pity party. But guess what? Life don't care about your personality or your potential or your character. It's doing what it do. Mess around and lay down if you want to, get stomped on. <laughs> oh yeah, life, life weighs size 15. Timberlands and don't mind doing the, 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 the a town stomp on your neck and on your back and on your head. I say that facetiously, but family, you got to fight. Attack back. 
it should not be okay for life to just treat you any kind of way. And if you are a parent, don't think it's just coming at you. If it can get you depressed, in poverty, stressed out, ill, it's not just taking out you. It's taking out your children and your loved ones too. So yeah, we all experience shiitake in life. But guess what? Oddly enough, shiitake can actually make you better. Now for your cards. Take your cards. And I'm going to start this thing. And I want you, each and every one of you who's willing, come up to this shredder and drop your card. And then Jesus, this ain't play play. And when you drop your card in there, you are letting it go. Go back to my image that has the incapable and, and all that stuff. Because while you do this, we're going to make confession over you. I'm going to start it. Everybody else, come on. Come on, shred it. Shred it. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that the things that we have in our life that we come across are not always comfortable. They're not always what we expect. They're not always what we want. But in the name of Jesus, we are no longer going to be dominated by those things that happened in our past. We're going to get with God and God, you are going to give us the wisdom and the insight and the opportunity to use those things that have dominated us in the past from our past. And we're going to use those things to begin to dominate in life. Show other people who think they are incapable that they're capable. Why? Because we've been there too. To show other people who feel that they're unfit that no, no, you can, you, you, you're more fit than you realize. Why? Because I was there too. You are not unable. You're able. And I'm here to pick you up. I'm here to support you. I'm here to walk through this with you. We all have our mushroom moments, but guess what? I'm here standing to tell you that I realize those mushroom moments, doggone it, made me better. It's not what I wanted at the time. It's not what I would have hoped for at the time. And if you let me know, I will tell you for truth, I probably would have avoided it if I could have. But it happened to me. It happened to me when I least expected it. For some of you, it happened early. You didn't even have an opportunity to say, no, I don't want this. It was thrust upon you. Somebody that you trusted. Some place you were taken to. But I thank you, God, that you are able to take those mushroom moments and make it into something beneficial. Teaching us how to dominate in life. And the more life kicks us 
the more we're going to spread rapidly through the land. The more life presses me, the more I'm going to spread the influence of the gospel. The more I'm going to spread hope. The more I'm going to spread light. We separate ourselves from those thoughts. That's all right. That's all right. Stick another one in there. Right here. Stick, stick one right there. Let's stick it right there. Oh, we're going we gonna to do this. We're going to do this. Because as you shred that, let it go. It's a slide at the top. You want to use the one at the top too. However you want to do it. And that's for everybody who's also ever told you that you are incompetent, incomplete, incapable, inexperienced, and insecure. None of those things apply to you, especially nothing that has its bases dripped in what happened to you in the past. We have the future before us. And we decide right now in our present time how we're going to approach that future moment. We decide that today. Everybody has their moments in life. The key is what do you do with that moment? Let's end with this statement. Say, starting today, I will not allow my past mushroom moments to destroy who I think I am in God. I know that God has good for me. I know with him all things are possible. Therefore, what do I think about myself? I am competent. I am complete. I am capable. I am experienced. I am secure. Give me the next one. I am fit. I am skilled. I am able. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am destined to be great. I am part of God's family. That means I am royalty. I am who he says I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise. Family, let's, let's, let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you so much that you, first of all, loved us enough to send your son to give us an opportunity to be redeemed. Now take us from simply being redeemed to being and acting 
like the king's kids that we are. It's not good enough to just know your royalty. It's when you are able to take your influence and make change that your royal pedigree really has value. We no longer live this life beneath our heritage. For some of us, it, it may be a bit of a harder climb because of what we've been through. But if we just make the climb just one step at a time, before we know it, we will look back and we're no longer on the ground. And then if we keep going, before you know it, we're closer to the top than the bottom. Eventually we'll make it there. And for those of us who are already there, we'll help you get there. Life pushes on us all. But I thank you, God, that you're going to allow us to be together as a family and as a body to help support each other as we all make that move to be all that you created us to be. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.